0: This is Aftermath, where we give you the week that was in MMA. I am your MTMV Sports, Combat Sports correspondent, your man, The Voice. Joining me, as always, is The Follicle father the bearded moose himself josh mussel what is going i'm sorry i forgot i have a new name for you you ready for this one uh, i'm oh. ready my mm main fan i mean <laughs> not fan my mm main man josh Musel. i i just messed that all the way up <laughs> it's all right it's all right i love it anyway all right what is new in your world sir Oh man,
1: not a whole lot. Uh, just uh, I'm actually getting ready to go back to work next week. Yeah, and, uh, I'll be heading down to our training center to teach. So this will be incur
0: for me and the wifey. <laughs> All right, oh, cool. Oh, oh so uh, <laughs> so with go- I take it with going to the learning center. That means you won't be home uh, at night. Uh, most
1: likely, we're trying to work out some stuff. My parents kind of live right near there, um, so we're. Tr- I'm gonna try to get a hold of them, see if we can't bump down there for the week. That way, uh, we're still close, and uh, I can pop in and uh, hang out and spend the night. Uh, with the exception of any days that I might have to get up like super crazy early, or we got long days. But yep, we're uh, we're gonna figure it out. See how it works. <laughs>
0: All right, I hear. Uh, I hear that the, the little one uh, Mr. Aiden is already making his uh, Aftermath debut heard him a, <laughs> a couple times I know uh, my youngest shout out to DJ Nicknack. he likes to be in when we record uh, but yeah so uh, get him started early man started oh early. yeah man
1: Make him on the podcast circuit early
0: yeah <laughs> All right, well, speaking of early, one championship, as we know, comes on early for us here stateside because it is done in uh primetime wherever they take place. This time they were in Thailand and it was headlined by uh the WBC super flyweight champ. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, um, <laughs> he got a from a knockdown, I believe in the ninth round, and retain his title versus uh, Iran Diaz by unanimous decision. Uh, then Shinya Aoki, and that really was the, uh, for us MMA fans, the Shinya Aoki fight had the most weight uh, because it has the greater implications. He will probably take on the situation for the lightweight title, uh, just by default of the win. He, in 57 seconds, and I remember in this last fight, it was a first-round stoppage as well, and I believe it was also by uh, submission, but in 57 seconds, he delivered a technical submission to Ev Ting. And you know what that means. He put Mr. Ting... On, or I should say, took him on a ride uh, on the Sleepy Town Express. Put that <laughs> submission in, and Ting could not tap. All he could do was nap. Uh, the other MMA fight that held some weight. Again, this was a truly mixed card. It was headlined by a WBC boxing uh, championship match. You had kickboxing, you had Muay Thai. And you had MMA. I mean, the only thing they didn't have was submission grappling on the card. That would have, I guess, made it a a truly, truly mixed card. But anyway, Leandro Issa got stopped in the first round by, I'm not going to try his first name, last name, Gafarov. So that's the only other thing that may be of interest to our MMA fight fans. So that was one championship uh, before that, though, we had the PFL, their first playoffs. And I think I've told you, and I know I share with the fight fans, one of the things that has intrigued me most about the, the way the PFL is set up is this time specifically, the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, you fight two fights in one night. And this was the first time in recent history that i've seen a situation like this where you had multiple fights in a night and everyone stayed healthy enough to get through to the end on both ends so i I don't know if maybe knowing that you've got to go into it like this is helping them i know uh when watching everything get set up many of the fighters said that they were fighting about five five minute rounds anyway in preparation as well as some saying that they were fighting like 30 minutes or so to try to get prepared for it so maybe everyone's just really really well prepared for this i don't know but everyone made it through uh the cinderella story though is josh the cuddly bear copeland he was ranked number six and made his way all the way to the finals Advancement by a tiebreaker over number one seed, Francis marver host, and then knocking Alex Nicholson clean out. Uh, Talk about that knockout, Josh.
1: Man, it was funny, because I think I actually texted you almost immediately after it happened. Um, Nicholson looked great in that fight. Uh, He looked great in the... uh, uh, um, the yeah. yeah, against Jack May. And honestly, he came out and he looked phenomenal coming into the semifinals. I mean, he had Copeland backing up. He was landing phenomenal strikes, uh, strong, powerful strikes, uh, kind of rocked him a few times. Not anything that dropped him, but definitely put him up against the cage. At one point, he was kind of trying to just Copeland that is trying to get out of the way. And we have seen this already. Uh, two fights ago for Nicholson, and I was mm-hmm. trying to pull it up really quick, but I was trying to keep the page I had at the same time, so I don't remember exactly who it was against. Uh, but it was before the playoffs started, and he got a little greedy, did the same thing in that fight, hurt his opponent, chased his opponent across the cage, just completely reckless, hands down, trying to swing and knock him the rest of the way out, and got caught with just a nasty shot um, that, I mean, you – accurately described it just knocked him flat out i mean he went from this super aggressive uh uh, hunter to just took a nap i mean it was so quick it was so well timed and um that is the danger of of over pursuing in a sport especially in uh in this weight class (laughs) Not something you want to do is run headlong into a fist from a heavyweight, right. and uh, it has now happened to Nicholson twice in the same uh, the you know twice in in, in what three fights. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would think that uh, he would he would bring that down a little bit. I mean, it makes for an exciting uh, fight style, and the the sad part for me is is that Nicholson was winning the fight that he got knocked out, uh, th- you know, three fights ago. He was winning the fight, and if he just slowed down and kept picking his shots, there's very little doubt in my mind that he wouldn't have probably finished Copa in the first round or early in that second round if it went into it. Um, he was just, uh, I mean, precision and, and striking, hard shots, but the over-pursuit caught him, and uh, Cuddly Bear is now advancing, and uh, he's one step closer to $1 million.
0: Yes, And here is the poetic justice, because I couldn't remember who it was that he did the same thing to. And I guess just old habits die hard. You know, he sees blood and and he just loses all technique and just goes flying for uh, the finish, just not knowing that he's flying for his own finish. The person who knocked him out in the uh, Lord Jesus, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, season, the regular season, that's what they call it. Okay, so in the regular season, the person who knocked him out is the person who will be in the red corner for the finals for the heavyweight division for PFL, <laughs> which is none other than Philippe Lenz. So uh, that's really apropos. I just went on to Sheer uh, Dog. Salute <laughs> to Sheer Dog for having that information. But yeah, Philippe Lenz is the other person. So both people who beat. Alex Nicholson, by his own stupidity, will be fighting each other for a million dollars. I mean, I guess that's something you can go home
1: with and be like, look, I only got knocked out by one of the two guys that's going to win the tournament.
0: <laughs> right. No, regardless. You know, yeah. Hedge your
1: bets a little bit. You know, hedge your bets a little bit. If I'm not going to make it, I'm at least going to lose to the winner.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. At least, yeah. At least I lost to the winner. Uh, whichever one wins, at least I lost to the winner. So, oh, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Lenz will be in the red corner on New Year's Eve. He submitted Kelvin Tiller, who I felt like going into things with being on the road that he was on, that he would um, be the one that went. I was wrong because he lost to Jared Roshaw, someone who he submitted during the regular season. And then uh Lins, or I should say, uh, hold on. Yeah, so I've got. I said he lost a to tiller. Took that uh, lens. Lost. His, I mean that tiller lost to lens. But he. I mean he submitted tiller. I'm all messed up. I don't know who <laughs> he beat in the first round because this information is wrong. I remember watching the fight and I know that Jared Rochal beat tiller in the first round. So I don't know who lens beat, but he beat somebody and then he KO'd um, Rochal in the. Uh, In the semifinals to punch his ticket, literally, to the finals on New Year's Eve. All right. Featherweight, featherweight. How about those featherweights? This one actually worked out the way I thought that the heavyweights was. It's one versus two seed. Uh, You got uh, second seed, Lance Palmer, who handed Andre Harrison his first (laughs) professional loss. And secured his spot in the finals. Uh the party did with a grapple heavy strategy, which he also employed versus Max Koga. Now, you saw Palmer coming out. Why did you see Palmer? Uh, or I should say you saw Palmer getting to the finals. Why did you think so?
1: Um it, I don't know. It was like a it was just seeing the two walk out. I mean, I I I I wasn't able to watch the first round of the quarterfinal round. Um, But I was able to catch the highlights, and it looked like Palmer was able to um, essentially just wrestle Koga in in the first round, took almost no damage at all. And frankly, to me, it looked like, you know, being a a high-caliber wrestler, um, he's used to that wrestle hard, take the time off, wrestle again, take some time off, rest. you know what I mean, in in, in doing wrestling uh, format tournaments and things. Um, whereas when I watched Andre Harrison, it looked like he he took a little more damage. I don't know really what it was, but I know when we talked last week on the on the podcast. I was trying to be a little tiny bit different because I saw the featherweight the same as you, where we mm. both had said Siler, Harrison were were uh, were pretty high, and I, I threw in last minute trying to just give something else that I, I thought Palmer definitely um, uh, definitely deserves to be talked about in that that category because I think we were actually talking about the ground uh the ground guys Mm -hmm. of being the guys with the best advantage in this type of tournament if you can wrestle control the punishment control um where the fight takes place you have the better advantage uh and it was something about just seeing the two walk out it just palmer looked i don't know it just looked physically better and i think i texted you like right before the fight i was like you know what i'm switching i'm going palmer
0: right yeah
1: and uh and it worked out. I mean, it's just he was able to, to secure the takedowns, and he was just constant pressure um, of – it, I don't think he was truly going for the submissions. Um, I mean, obviously, if it opened up, he for sure would have gotten it. But he was fishing enough and fishing long enough and threatening nonstop. Um, I think for the entire – what was it, the second round? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe it was the first round, but he was on – Harrison's back the entire almost the entire round fishing for a rear naked um I would have liked to see any kind of striking (laughs) because I think he would have finished the fight had he done any striking at all um because that's the problem with just constantly fishing for those submissions is that there's nothing to really Stop him. I mean, you have these big, bulky gloves, which you don't have in grappling matches. So he can kind of control wrist, and and that's why you throw those punches. Um, I know you can't throw the elbows in PFL uh, for you know for the the just how quick the turnarounds are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any kind of punches, I think, would have softened Harrison up. I think he could have done that more, been more dominant in his win. He would have probably been able to get the finish, especially in that second round, because he had the body triangle. At one point, he had both hooks in, and spent three and a half minutes like strapped to him like a backpack. Um, but it was just Palmer's constant pressure. The the wrestling was there, and I think it just had to do with the punishment taken in the quarterfinals versus no punishment taken in the first in the quarterfinals for the for Per Palmer. And it's really what it looked like. It looked like Harrison was just a half step slower. Um, and this, I think that. Bodes to this um, th- this format of having the two fights. Um, you have to – you're playing chess. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to – I know you can't overlook the fight you're in, but you have to plan a little bit for that next fight. Palmer came in, took the fight straight to the ground. Um, Harrison stood and was kind of doing what he did through the regular season where he was willing to throw the kicks, willing to throw the punches, and then would secure takedowns to f- – to ice rounds and finish rounds. Um, But in there was getting caught with some of those exchanges himself. And that's, I think, really what it was. I think it was just a half step slower. Um, And honestly, I I like a good rematch. And I always – it's hard in this sport to fight a guy and win and then fight him again and win again. Mm. Because you're going to go in with the same strategy you had the first time because it's how you
0: won. Right.
1: He's going to come in with a different strategy. And that's what it looked like. Palmer came in with a different strategy. Um, It was able to take, you know, work again, work a whole lot of submission attempts to keep the control. Uh, You're not going to stand a guy up when he's constantly fishing for your neck. I know that, and I even had a tweet about it. Love the man to death, Boss Rootin. I like him a lot, (laughs) but he annoyed the heck out of me. (laughs) When Lance Palmer was on Andre Harrison's back, strapped in and constantly fishing for, a rear naked choke. And he said, he's got to separate them at some point. (laughs) And I went, no, he doesn't. What are you talking about? This isn't like just laying on the guy and killing time. I mean, he's in a a fight finishing position. And uh, I think he came out kind of later and said something about it, joking himself of, you know, I was just kind of getting caught up in the, it was getting a little boring and I'm used to that kind of thing, but it was funny. Uh, But it was just dominant performance from Palmer. Um, Looked really good. And again, I know that the turnaround's not two hours, but he took almost no damage again, um, which you can't quite say for Siler, but I'll let you go into there a little bit.
0: Yeah, so uh, I, I, I forgot about him. This conversation was so good. Yeah, on the, the A side of the finals on New Year's Eve, and I don't know what day New Year's Eve falls on. I hope it's a day that I am off. Even if I'm not, I'm sure I'll be off in time for the fights. Uh it's a Monday, okay. So yeah, I'll be off in time for the fights. Who knows? I may take that day off, see if I can hold a day. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Steven Siler, yeah, he got to the finals by a very uh, precarious uh route. He advanced via tiebreaker over Nazareno Malagari in the quarterfinals, and we're right back to you. Uh because I didn't get a chance to see the finals. I got uh or I should say the semifinals. I I got bored, fight fans. I was sitting at home and I was watching <laughs> fights and I got bored and I was hungry too. I forget what fight it was. I maybe it was the the Philippe Lenz fight or or I forget which fight it was, but I decided at the wrong time, since this is so boring and I'm hungry, let me run to the store and get a bag of lettuce so I can have a salad <laughs> and wound up missing everything. So, uh, yeah, tell us about how Mr. Siler got in the finals, how he slid <laughs> into the finals. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I want to backtrack really quick because um, you said something interesting. and If you weren't paying attention to the format for PFL, what you're talking about when you say that Siler won via tiebreaker. Uh, tiebreaker yeah. Um, the 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 format was and again because I actually missed the beginning of the card I was also a little bit confused I didn't watch any of the Facebook watch fights I missed those ones <clears throat> but uh the, the 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 advancing tiebreaker was the winner of the first
0: round correct yeah so I, I can I yeah. can talk about that a bit so yeah go ahead uh, because <coughs> Philippe Lenz also uh, advanced via tiebreaker in his first <coughs> fight so here's how the format goes. If it is a tie, because it's only a two-round fight. So in the event that it is a draw, whoever won the first round on the majority of the scorecards wins the fight. So that's how Siler won and got in uh, with his first fight over uh, Nazareno. He won the first round. Uh, Nazareno won the second round. But because he won the first round, he got the uh, tiebreaker and advanced, which is kind of weird to me. I feel like <clears> – <throat> well, I'm glad that they, that they explained it. Because at first I just thought, okay, as long as you win the first round, you win. But that's not necessarily the case. If another judge sees the first round for the other guy, um, then you could possibly lose. Or, you know, if the second person or whoever the other person is – wins via 10-8 in that round, then you I, you very well could lose. So, because I just thought, I was like, that's kind of weird. All you got to do is win the first round, then try to coast, and you'll win. But it, it's not quite like that. Exactly. There's there's
1: definitely pros and cons to it. And I think we're going to see um, imp- improvements going into this next season on this thing. I think it's actually a very good way to do this, this judging. Um, but I agree with you because it does, the pros are, you want to go out and win the first round and that's either TKO submission. Um, you know, you, you want to go out there and fight, but the down the con is if you've gone out and had a dominant first round, exactly. You can, you can coast, let the guy take you down. Don't take any damage, pull guard. I mean, you can do some kind of boring stuff, um, in the second round, but <clears throat> I'll move on to the, the, se- the semi because this was, um, very interesting, Uh, Now, honestly, I don't know why I didn't look at it. I don't know if this made it to the second round. I believe this was in the first round. Uh,
0: uh, Well, tell us about what happened, and I'll see if I can find out. Yeah, find that out for me if if you would.
1: Um, But you've got Siler and Almeida. Um, If I'm not mistaken, this is also a rematch uh, from the regular season. uh, Alexandra, Alexandre Almeida. Alexandre, thank you. I knew I was saying it wrong but I was reading it and I just couldn't get my brain to turn it to what I needed. But, uh, I believe that one ended in a controversial call in the regular season. And here we are rematch in the semifinals moving, you know, winner advances to the, to the, the the finals, another step closer again to this, this $1 million purse, um, Siler and Almeida are going back and forth. I actually had Siler slightly up, um, slightly, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I want to say that there was a scramble is how it, it happened. It, it, somebody, uh, Siler maybe tried to take him down or something, or somebody got hit. But the thing happened was that Steven Siler ended up on top, and when he went to posture up, completely on the ground, both knees on the ground, sitting on his heels, um, you know, his butt on, 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 his, on his calves, uh, Almeida pulled back and front kicked um, Siler in the face. Uh, which is obviously a, a breaks the rules it's against the rules. You can't kick a grounded opponent, even if you're on the bottom. Um, Seiler was clearly grounded, uh, but that wasn't quite it. Before the referee could really stop anything, obviously Seiler fell back. Um, the kick was pretty solid too. I don't want people to to think that this was kind of a, a just a, you know, a glancing blow. I mean, it was square in the face, <laughs> But when he fell back, Almeida actually jumped on and landed at least one good punch, might have been two, I can't remember, before the judge was able to, the, the ref was able to step in and stop the fight. Um, obviously, a fight, you know, he, he gets a chance, Siler it is, gets a kind of a chance to, to regain his composure, get his head right. They were going to put him back out in the position he was in, or at least stand it back up and put him back in a neutral position. But Siler was really struggling, um, and I don't think and I'll get to this in a second. I don't think he was faking anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was an easy way to get to the finals. And I'll explain why I'm saying that now in just a minute. But he even said in this post-fight interview, it wasn't the kick that hit me, um, that that shocked me. But it was the fact that when he, he looked at the ref and kind of like, hey, he kicked me in the face. And while he's looking at the referee falling to his back, He gets punched. Mm. I mean, just square in the face, you know, top down. So his head comes off the canvas, not did not see it coming. He was looking at the ref, like, what are we doing? Are we stopping this? What's going on? Um, I don't think it was inherently. uh, I don't think it was meaningful. I don't think he did it on purpose as Almeida. I think it was a, a spur of the moment. I think he kicked, he caught it. The guy fell back. I don't, I hope it wasn't anything crazy, but it was one of those things, it was bam, bam, it happened, and Siler was not able to continue. Now, obviously, you cannot win a fight <laughs> via illegal blows, right? Um, and, it was and you round can't, round. no contest, it was, okay, it was second round, and you can't have a no contest in a bout that there has to be a winner in a tournament format, um, so they awarded the fight to Steven Siler because he could not finish. Um, And the reason that I had said I don't think he was faking it is he is very emotional. He's actually having a lot of trouble standing up. I believe he was sitting down up against the fence um, for quite some time while they were kind of talking to everybody. They were telling Almeida what had happened. They had already kind of announced they waved the fight off. He's still sitting there, and he starts actually – he gets emotional. This is Siler, gets emotional. Um, And when he finally gets his chance to talk, um, he definitely looked a little bit out of it (laughs) while he was doing his post-fight interview. Um, it was really emotional at the fact that this was called off. He goes, you know, I came here to fight. I came here to fight and and move on. I didn't want it to go like this. Um, and the part that drove me nuts is the entire time this man is trying to do his interview. Booze are raining down on this guy to the point where boss written, this is where he redeems himself for the, you know, take Lance Palmer off the back thing, (laughs) (laughs) He actually stops and says, I have no idea why they're booing. They must not be fans of MMA. This is disgusting. And I, and I thought the same thing. I actually tweeted something about it. This is disgusting. This man was, was hit with two, not one, but two illegal blows. Is not able to continue, and people are booing him like he's done something wrong by not being able to continue a fight or stand up and say, oh, no, I guess I'll just go ahead and do it because the fans want me to. And gets himself hurt because there's very little doubt in my mind that he was already concussed at this point and any additional damage could be detrimental to his life. Right. Not not just a fight career. Um and a lot of you know, I saw some pretty derogatory, cruddy stuff on Twitter about, well, yeah, man, if I got illegal blow, I'd fake it too. And I don't think that was the case. But it was the controversial, and I think the part that frustrated most people is that I believe this is the second controversial finish. Well, I say controversial. This one isn't a controversial finish. He kicked a dude in the face on the ground and then punched him, knowing he kicked him on the ground. I right. mean, this, this isn't really a controversy. The first one was, I think it was uh, when uh, Almeida was trying to – reposition and the referee stopped it because he thought that it was a tap. Or Oh, yeah, that, that,
0: that, was, yeah.
1: that was the, the second <laughs> fight of the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. So this is the second time against this guy that this has happened. Maybe that's the fan's frustration, but I, I said it on Twitter and I'll say it now. If you booed a man for getting kicked in the face when he's not supposed to be kicked in the face and then he catches a punch on top and is not able to continue, if you boo with that, you should not be able to go to MMA events anymore. Just just stay at home and watch the movie Gladiator, and you can watch people kill each other all you want. And it's all fake, and it don't mean nothing. But this is a dude's life here. Right. You can't boo this guy. This is a competitor. This is a guy that everybody wants to forget that basically got knocked out in his first fight and then submitted the guy. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a guy that's like, oh, man. Oh, I got hit a little bit. I don't want to fight anymore. It's mm-hmm. that's, that's not
0: this guy. Well, this you, isn't you the guy neck is the guy that his way in. Now that I think about it, actually, I don't. I think that specific event. Now, I had to go back and check. Unfortunately, when you start asking questions, I was able to get to clicking on the computer. He beat Almeida with a uh, guillotine in round one of their first fight, but the person who kind of lost based on a, a bad decision that was that that was jason high back in chicago and I yeah, yeah i remember the chicago. jason high yeah but i
1: i thought the almeida one had ended i thought that that was one where he was also he he rocked backwards and they thought that he went unconscious and they stopped the fight i could be you, wrong you know that, what
0: you might be right i don't i don't
1: remember but he, it, it was something where he because you could actually see the whole controversy was that he was not unconscious, but you couldn't see his head, but they showed that he actually wrapped uh, Siler's leg in his leg, very Khabib Nurmagomedov style um, to try to pull his leg apart and therefore release some of that pressure. And the referee, when he rocked back, thought that he went limp. I could be wrong on that, but either way, this is the rematch. Um, and and that's how it went, but so you've got Siler, like you said, one and two, uh, are, are in the finals. Um, I am very interested in this fight because you've got a, a a very strong wrestler and a very skilled submission guy in Siler, um, which I always find fascinating (laughs) because the wrestlers always want to wrestle, but you have to be so, so careful when you have a guy that's hunting for your neck and your arm and your leg <laughs> and everything that's going to be in his midsection as you're trying to take him down. Um, so I think it is very going to be very interesting, especially since Palmer was showing so much of what he was trying to do submission wise mm-hmm. um, and just the constant pressure, I think could definitely pose a, uh, a, a serious threat to Siler. But at the same time, if he shoots in and doesn't keep that head, smashed up against his chest you know he could he, get choked out in 10 seconds you know
0: <laughs> Absolutely. so it'll
1: be really really
0: good fight alright well we had some other really <laughs> really good fights uh, that took place in uh, Paradise Nevada that's right uh, no one who lives in Vegas even knew that Paradise existed but uh, yeah that's where the T-Mobile Center is and I guess it's just on its own little uh, slice of, of heaven there in Nevada. Uh, the performance of the night bonuses went to Derek, the black beast, Lewis, which will, uh, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about him and all of that in a bit. Uh, Aspen lad. Uh, they both got performance of the night bonuses for stopping their opponents. Uh, their opponents being Alexander Drago Volkov and Tanya Evinger. And then the fight of the night, which was the Voices marquee matchup. That's right. You all got to stick with your man, the Voice. I do my best <laughs> to pick what I believe is going to be the best fight of the night outside of the main event so that you know what to focus on when it comes time to watch the fights. And sure enough, it was, and it was a classic. Two-round classic between El Kukui, Tony Ferguson, and Anthony Showtime Pettis. We're going to do this in order of the fights and how they took place. So We'll start off with Aspen Ladd's destruction, absolute destruction of Tanya Evinger. And I was really surprised by how well Aspen Ladd did. She's just 23 years old. And Tanya Evinger is a vet. I mean, a grizzled vet. uh, Invicta champion multiple times over. Fought with people like Gina Carano. She's been in there with Cyborg. I mean, she is tough as they come. And in the first round, the first round, didn't make it out the first round, Aspen Ladd won the fight. So starts off. First thirty seconds, nice back and forth exchange. Then Tanya, using her veteran savvy, bobs and weaves inside. uh, Had some nice movement. Gets into a clinch, throws some knees. That continues for about another uh, minute or so. Then right around the three thirty mark, she had this weird sideways fall. It was, it was just weird. It was like, like somebody gets, you know, when someone gets hit and they get stuck. It, was, it almost looked like that, like she got stuck and then fell, but there was no strike landed or anything. It was just, it was odd. It, it made her look like she was uh, the person who's 23 and going into her seventh fight, not the one who's been fighting, you know, for like 10 years. But anyway, and I think really what happened is as they were in the clinch, she was going for a throw and maybe uh, Aspen just felt like, okay, I see you going for that. So let me take away, and, and she fell. But anyway, she she fell. They scrambled, and Aspen wound up getting on her back, kind of in, in side mount, and start hitting her with some ground and pound. Then, uh, she moved from side mount to back mount. Um, then, kind of back to side mount. I mean, just nice little scrambles. Kept the position. Boy, but then, when she did get her back into back mount because she went from taking her back she had her back and then she switched it to back mount because of scrambles that evanger had she put it on her at about 156 left in round one she dropped this vicious elbow uh from the side and and that's something that i think a lot of fighters should take note of how she delivered that strike because many times especially like when you're on the bottom throwing an a elbow uh, with, you know, throwing it sideways and, and not across can be kind of difficult. You know, it's like, okay, I'm landing, but I'm not really doing anything. That elbow was vicious, absolutely vicious. And uh, Lag got control of Evans' wrist and then just let loose for the next 30 seconds until Chris Tyrone had to call it off. I, one of the things that she did, which was notable and probably one of the main reasons why she got, well, number one, she beat Tanya Avenger who in her last fight went like three rounds with Cyborg and she gets her out in the first round. So number one, that's a pretty nice feather to having your cap, but fighters would be wise to take note of her techniques. Like I said, that elbow she threw to the side and then also screaming your head off while you are dropping <laughs> strikes with the grounding pound, because that's what she was doing. she was just like, and and she she was going with the strikes, and then uh at other times she was just screaming and just kept throwing it. so it was like yeah, yeah." Yeah yeah yeah. Ah! yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Chris, I only kind of had to call it out because it was like, okay, this girl is screaming and swinging hard. We can't let this continue. <laughs> so, uh, uh, fighters, you may want to to add that to your arsenal. You, you're you doing some ground and pound, just start screaming and uh, you, you'll get the emotional reaction from the ref. It's like, even if you're not doing that much, uh, it's like, okay, I, this guy's screaming and swinging. Well, we got to stop the fight. Uh Now, what's notable about Lad is she made weight, but she didn't make weight the first time that she fought. Uh When she fought Lena Landsberg, who she also defeated via ground and pound from back mount. So, it so, looks like this is kind of her go-to position. But she didn't make weight versus uh lena Landsberg, she barely made weight this time like she had to have help getting on the scale with that being said and being 23 she's not gonna do anything but get bigger she hasn't hit her adult weight yet she may just want to say forget it and go ahead and move up to 145 especially with the influx of women at that weight class that are coming in off this season are tough. It may just be time to call it a day and go ahead and move up, especially with Cyborg still in negotiations. She says she wants to box, so it, it might be the best time to kind of slide your way up into the 145 division. You may be able to win the belt and wait for Cyborg to come back uh, to lose it, or maybe <laughs> beat her. Maybe you're the one to take her out because she's went and done something else but anyway that was that fight tell us about uh because it seems like both of the performers of the night winners uh got those with some uh with some extra uh dramatic things going on so talk to us about uh Lewis and Volkov
1: yeah man um I went with this one because frankly It is what everybody's talking about. Um, Not 100% because of the fight, but mostly because of the interview after. But nonetheless, the fight, um, the last 20 seconds of the fight was extremely interesting. Mm. Uh, (laughs) But the rest of it, not so much unless you really enjoy striking clinics. And if that, if you know who won the fight in Derrick Lewis, you would be, surprised to find out that the striking clinic was put on by volkov not derrick right (laughs)
0: um
1: i had i am a big numbers guy i really enjoy checking out numbers um sites like fightmetric.com are like one of my favorite things when i'm writing articles Uh, i wish more promotions would go to something similar like this so you could check these things out
0: but just to look at something wait pfl has... PFL has their... Uh, is it Cajunomics? Yeah. And they, they got the sensors in the gloves <laughs> and they tell you how many strikes are landed even though... Uh, and, and I think it's part round. I really do. you <laughs> like, they didn't even throw three, fight, three uh, strikes <laughs> well, in the
1: fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's something I've started... I've realized if you look at the, 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 the immediate... The immediate ones that get thrown up on the TV are never right. But the ones that get updated, like, when the event is over and they put up on the website, um, look far more realistic. (laughs) Because I have watched fights on PFL, and I've watched a fight ending sequence go, like, 25 punches. Like, solid, banging his head off the canvas punches. And they're like, he threw seven arm strikes. And I'm like, not even close. (laughs) But if you check it out later, it's usually updated. I think the, I just don't think the information comes through quick enough for that because um, yeah, so I was actually looking at that t- uh, today. So I am pulling my my disdain for yeah. Casonomics back a little bit. All
0: right. So you, <laughs> you're saying that one of two things is happening. Either the computer's slow or uh, it's wrong. And I don't think computers are ever either of those things. I'll have to disagree with you. But anyway, oh. <laughs> I digress. Right. Uh, I digress. Go ahead.
1: But what we got for uh, for for fight metric, if you check out this fight, um, Derek—I almost said Derek Henry. Sorry, I got football in the mind. But Derek uh, Lewis um, threw seventy-one punches the entire, Now, mind you, this was essentially a full three-round fight. Mm-hmm, he threw seventy-one mm-hmm. punches. Volkov threw one hundred and eighty-three. Wow. Derek mm-hmm. Lewis landed forty. Volkov landed one hundred and thirty-three. Good night. <laughs> The interesting part is the fight-ending sequence, where Lewis landed the hard right hand, dropped Volkov, and then landed some ground and pound. That was nine strikes of his forty <laughs> was in the last six seconds of the fight.
0: <laughs> so, so twenty, well, at least twenty-five uh, percent of the strikes landed, and I guess that's all that really matters. It's, it's the ones it that really is it that that do it.
1: It is. And um, honestly, his accuracy is not terrible. Looking at it uh, per round, it was 50 percent, 46 percent, 58 percent. It's just it's so interesting to see these numbers like see. I mean, if you watch the fight, you saw Derek Lewis was getting beat up for three for three full rounds. Um, There was times where he was wobbled. There was times where he was just dead gas. There was times where he shot for this takedown because he took one or two shots, boom, 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 right up against the cage. And he went for the takedown and wasn't able to get him. Um, And then just out of nowhere, he walks around the cage for like a solid minute to avoid any damage (laughs) and then stops, plants his foot and starts to come forward, throws a handful of strikes, catches Volkov with a right hand that just plasters him to the canvas. I mean, Essentially not this dude dead follows up with those eight ground uh, strikes to get the fight called off at four forty nine of round three to get the win. Um, The only reason that I bring that it was it was really great. And then, of course, he had the post. Uh, the post-fight interview, which gained him a eight billion Instagram followers right. or something like that. You know, he went from four hundred thousand to one point six million or something in in a night. Which yeah, is something ridiculous stupid. to think of. Um, but now he's getting a title shot. Yes, he is headlining at uh, UFC two hundred and thirty, and the reason I brought up those statistics. <laughs> is because you're looking at a guy that just got the crud beat out of him for three, for three full rounds and did virtually nothing for three full rounds, and he's supposed to go five rounds with arguably one of the greatest fighters pound for pound in the world. Not even arguably. I mean, he's one of the best fighters ever in, in Daniel Cormier. Um, I think this is crazy, especially on no camp right i mean it's <laughs> like he's gonna go to bed wake up and have to fight dc like that like this is how this is happening um i don't even think his medical suspension is up at that point no it's
0: like that's what i'm like, like so, so they're gonna do later, something there
1: i guess yeah. but um i like derrick lewis i, I want to preface that i think he's i think he's a fun guy to have there i mean the the the, the how he acts how he talks like he doesn't ever have any beef with anybody unless he's joking i mean i know he had the whole popeye's chicken joke um at 226 was that dc or was it 227 was that dc
0: stipe um
1: no, whichever no, one. Right? that right. was uh, 225
0: i believe but 225 yeah. okay Uh, Yeah, that's right. I'm I'm thinking uh, Dillashaw, I think.
1: Yeah. But, you know, they had the the thing there where they were, you know, he said, I want to beat up D.C. because he insulted the chicken or the cake, whatever it was. I mean, he's a funny guy. Yeah. The (laughs) only
0: time he has beef is with uh, people involved with domestic violence because he really wanted to uh, to get in there with Travis Brown and do to him what he did to him. And, you know, anytime anyone has any mm-hmm. kind of inkling of that. He's like, let me get him. As a matter of fact, he already said when they gave the uh developmental deal to Greg Hardy. He was like, let him come, let me fight him in the UFC. <laughs> the minute he gets in, I want him. So uh that that's about all he has beef with. Exactly. I mean he's really I like him a lot. And his potatoes. Um, I'm sorry. He has beef with his potatoes. <laughs>
1: And uh, I'm not – I didn't like 225. I don't think anybody did. But um, I really – I think this is crazy. I think this is crazy. Like, I feel – now, again, obviously, watching this fight and how it ended, I mean, he knocked out Volkov after being beat up for three rounds. I mean, I guess anything could happen. I mean, we watched it in the Stipe DC fight. I mean, one uppercut ended the reign of the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. So, stuff can happen, but – I just don't like this for Derek Lewis at all. Like I'm glad that he's getting a shot. I'm glad he's getting the, the opportunity. Um, but I definitely think that there are guys that are obviously more deserving of the shot. Um, and I just think it's not overly responsible <laughs> to throw Derek Lewis out there in 29 days or whatever the heck it turned 25 days, whatever it turned out to be. I mean, not very long at, at all. Um, But that being said, I mean, the fight itself, I mean, the dude, his, his can throw cinder blocks and, uh, he showed that against Volkov. Um, you know, it took him 71 strikes against 183 to completely destroy this guy. Um, so, you know, kudos to him. And I'm glad that he's starting to get a little more recognition, um, Let's just. I just hope that nothing crazy happens at, at two thirty, because I don't want this guy to get hurt or anything crazy like that. Because we're we're pushing this overnight explosion in in now everybody knows who he is kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but like I said, and that's nothing against Derek Lewis. If anything, I'm super happy this guy's fixing to get paid.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I, I really am. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm I'm happy for him and. Fortunately for him, well, I don't. It's interesting because you don't think of DC as being a heavy hitter, but he knocks out Stipe. I think the one thing that would keep him that may keep him safe in this is that, um, DC's hand is still not 100%. So will he be able to throw that and catch him the same way that he caught Stipe? We don't know. And honestly, I can't think of a fight that I've seen and we saw the damage that he took and, and the chin he's got on him. Uh, and he's got so much heart. I have to say that Derek Lewis has so much heart because in the second round, it looked like he was done the way that he defends shots when he gets hurt. it just, it's not really <laughs> intelligent. He just kind of bends over at the waist <laughs> and kind of hopes to swing his head out the way when you're uh you're coming at him which i mean that's just not the best way you actually make yourself a worse target by doing that but hey he he was able to weather the storm and and come out victorious but again dc is not necessarily thought of as the heaviest hitter um now, granted, he could get him on the ground and then start unleashing some elbows and things of that nature. But I, I don't know that Derek has ever been stopped due to strikes in his career. Um, I think, well, no, I think maybe Mark Hunt, but that was more so the the accumulation of punishment and him, him having to hurt back than anything. So, yeah.
1: I agree. I, I don't know if it'll... And I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, I honestly – I would honestly see a more a realistic situation where after the third round, Derek Lewis cannot continue the fight, and it has nothing to do with necessarily the damage, but more like a – much like Eric Anders did against um,
0: – Tiago Santos. I my,
1: yeah, thank you, uh, where there was like an accumulation of punishment, but just that pure exhaustion where he couldn't stand up and walk to the corner. Um because this is a guy that by his own admission was like, I have no, no desires <laughs> to do or have no whatever claim to a title fight because I, I need to work on cardio. There's no way I could go five rounds. I can't imagine him going five rounds with, A wrestler of DC's caliber that is just going to be able to put him on the ground. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, there's no way DC can get him on the ground because he's so heavy. And I'm like, then you don't know how good of a wrestler DC is. Right. This is not like a nobody wrestler. Like this guy knows techniques. He's going to get Derek close to the ground, plain and simple. Um, And he's going to use that top pressure. And you're right. He might not even get him. I, I find it more a realistic situation that after the third round or something, I don't know if Lewis is going to be able to get up off of his back and walk to his corner. Um, and that's the only reason I, I dislike this. Um, I dislike the fight. I like that he gets it. I like that he's getting the money. I like that he's getting the notoriety and the, the, the chance to do this. Um, I just don't like it for his health reasons. Mm-hmm. Because you, you are talking about a guy that's medically suspended. Um, past what he's supposed to fight you're talking about a guy that by his own admission has zero cardio and a guy that um you know is not going to even have a chance to have a camp against one of the greatest fighters of all time you know yeah. <laughs> it's like like i just i really just i'm not a huge fan of it um as far as a health standpoint uh for him um and I'm actually, I'm check I just checked out his record now. Um,
0: I, I did his, too. Three of his yeah, losses his, are by KO.
1: For, yeah. And one of them, the one that I'm looking at the most that stands out to me, obviously you got Mark Hunt, you've got Sean Jordan, but Matt Mitrione. Another yes. Very athletic, Um, you know, not, again, not even nearly to Daniel Cormier standards, but another very athletic um, heavyweight uh You know, I think that's going to cause troubles, Um, and I just don't think that, you know, if if DC can land any of those punches, or once he sees Lewis exhausted, um, where he starts to duck that head, he's just going to grab his shoulders and pull him down. You know what I mean? He's not even going to worry about it, you know? He's going to take his back and and use his weight to drop him. Um, But, again, please don't tweet at me about how terrible <laughs> I am for not liking Derek Lewis. I like Derek Lewis. I like Derek Lewis a lot. Yes. I think he's a funny dude. Mm. I think he's, he's, he's got this electric... I mean, you're always
0: on the edge of your seat,
1: even though it's kind of a boring fight. Um, right. <laughs> like you,
0: you just uh, never know. And because yes, he exactly. never gives up, that's another reason why you want to stay tuned. Uh, I would say he's a great follow on Instagram, but his stuff is not safe for work at all yes and, yeah I, I i actually stopped following him because of <laughs> the stuff yeah, not yeah, being safe for work it was I, like, yeah, you, too. Yeah, uh, you know I, I like you a lot you're funny but uh you know as a you know I, as as an elder i gotta uh, protect my my spirit and it's like yeah i may not want to necessarily uh keep exposing myself to this stuff so uh anyway exactly uh you know, for for those million, they they're getting ready to get some iPhones, and I may go back just because of some of the things he's done to hype the fight. Uh, all the extra stuff, I'm I'm good on. But anyway, uh we'll move forward to the fight of the night: Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis. I will try to keep it short. First round, uh, and if ever you want to know how the voices marking matchup goes, just tune in to, uh, or I should say, make sure that you are following. MTMV Sports on Instagram, Facebook, and or Twitter because your man, the voice, has a nice setup going where uh, I provide live video coverage round by round. And first round, it was just a phenomenal back and forth fight. Um, And I really can't say... (laughs) that either one of them had a distinct advantage over the other I gave it to Ferguson due to his forward movement he was the one that was coming forward I think that was the round where he may have thrown and well I think in both rounds he threw the punch the superman punch off the cage uh, which was crazy <laughs> he was like you got a showtime kick I got a showtime punch so um Know they, I mean, they were just going at it though. Capoeira kicks, spinning stuff, and honestly, in that round, I feel like the harder punches, the harder strikes were landed by Pettis, but it was the aggression. Not that, um, Pettis wasn't getting caught with hard stuff because he was too, but I think that Pettis's stuff was just a little had a little more pop on them. But due to the aggression of Ferguson, I gave him that round. Second round uh, was, oh, my goodness, that that was such a phenomenal round. Ferguson got dropped, and he gets dropped almost every fight that he's in. But he has the uncanny ability to scramble when he is hurt. Uh, gets dropped kind of spins out of some stuff Get uh, is rolling, doing flips, trying to get out and, and catch him, gets hit again, falls back, uh, pulls guard uh, and I, it's funny, I was watching this on Tony Ferguson, he's a great follow, just to see everything that he does. I was sharing with someone today, a salute to Dre, which is uh, one of the people on my team at work and I was telling him, I follow I've been following Tony Ferguson for a while but I can't always watch his stuff not because it's not safe for work like Derek Lewis but it scares me. <laughs> it, it, I mean it's like, "Oh, I know that you're alive and I know that you're not hurt, but what you're doing is so dangerous that I can't I, I can't even watch the whole thing. I can't watch the full minute because You're jumping from one table and then lifting uh, a tire over your head while you're jumping from the table, then down to a chair and on one leg doing squats while the chair is balancing on a flaming pit of death. I mean, just the craziest stuff (laughs) in the world. It's like, Tony, I can't watch it. I'm sorry. I can't watch it. You're scaring me, man. You're scaring me. But anyway, um, second round, he scrambled and, and got out of some things. Um, but that punch that was thrown that hurt, um, that hurt Ferguson also shattered Pettis's hand. But I, I gave that round to Pettis, so I had it one up going into the third. I was really looking forward to seeing where things went, but unfortunately, it could not continue. And then really, even with all that going on, after Ferguson got his wits about him, he was putting it on uh uh pettis that's why they had to stop the fight to uh to wipe some blood and make sure that everything was all right he had a a money box pettis did uh and his hairline that he got then the fight kept going before the round was up uh with those vicious vicious elbows he opened up yet another cut on the other side of his head you thought that um Tony Ferguson was bleeding, but he wasn't. It was all the blood that was pouring out of Pettis that was on him. So, yeah, I mean, it was a oh, great, great fight. Uh, I wish that we could have seen a third round. And at first, I was upset, and it was just me being selfish. I was like, man, Duke, don't stop the fight. Oh, it was so good. I wanted to see the third round. I wanted to see how it ended. But I'm glad he stopped it. I'm glad he did that. because, And he said specifically on the MMA Hour, earlier this week he said I stopped it because I have fought with broken hands in the past and I've messed myself up because I've done that I've taken fights hurt and I'm living life after fighting and I'm living with the effects of fighting hurt and how that did more damage and I wasn't going to let him go out and do that I wasn't going to let him fight this guy who is a killer with just one hand and knowing that much of what he does is in the clinch with those elbows, getting cut up, and again he had a money box on uh, the right side of his head at his hairline. His eye was cut, uh, or should that, that was on the left side. I was cut on the right side. It was not going to get any better if he went in there and could only use three limbs against someone who's got all four and knows how to throw all kinds of stuff so salute to duke rufus and i i hope this starts a trend of corners stopping the fight when they know it's not best for their fighters to continue all right we're about an hour into things i mean it has been wonderful and we still have the main event with all of the drama uh, or actually it wasn't <laughs> drama in the fight the drama was after the fight but talk to us about the fight, because that's what we went for. We went for the fight. We didn't know all the hysterics were gonna happen after the fact. We went for the fight.
1: Yeah. Um the fight itself, I'm actually gonna pull that's what I was gonna do. I was I got caught up listening to you, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that was a great fight. Um anyway, you know sorry. Let, why don't we do this? I know that anchor has not uh stopped us and now that i've realized so anchor if you've been listening i'm sorry i keep saying every time that uh we do it's like we can't get through we can't get through the bearded wonder uh made an admission this week he said hey i made sure to pull it up on my computer so that nothing happens and now i started pulling stuff up on my computer a while ago because one of the times that it dropped i've been kind of flipping and fumbling through things on my phone and uh, and things cut off. So Anchor uh, and for those who are listening, Anchor is a great site and a great tool for podcasting because it's easy. It's simple. And they put you out everywhere. I don't even know what you would have to Well, I do. Uh, you don't have to worry about having your own website and uh, doing the HTML and all that stuff to get. Into Apple Podcasts, you just recorded through Anchor, bam, it's there. Uh, Spotify, you don't have to worry about all the who's to jump through, they put you there. Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Podcast Republic, you name it, they put you there. So, uh, salute to Anchor for all that they do. But again, we're about an hour in. Why don't we do a part two? Because this that we're going into is. So we're gonna talk so much about it. I think it might be best to uh, to break this up into two parts this week. Yeah, so I agree. uh, Keep it locked. We're coming back at it with the main event and all that went on with it. So uh, keep it locked. Aftermath Part Two up next.